0: Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see each one of you. Can you hear me back there, Mr. Yan? All right. Um, So I want y'all to indulge me for just a moment um i want to take a picture of you guys from this direction will y'all allow me to do that here's what i want i am um a lot of you don't know me but uh but we know you and love you and have been praying for you for years we love this place we love baltimore we love uh pastor charlie and we love graffiti church and um the Lord has given Elkin Valley Baptist, where I have uh, the privilege to be a member, just a heart for what is being done here. And we every time we come, we get so excited to see what God's doing. So if you know what the term fanboy means, that's what that's what I want a picture of you guys because of what the Lord. Do y'all mind? Are you okay with that? She's coming up All right, all right. I'm gonna take a couple of pictures just because you guys are awesome. And I want to share it with our friends. Uh, back at our church as well. So thank you for (laughs) indulging me on that. What's that? What's that? (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much for letting us be here and worship with you. Our church family is back home. Right now, they're also worshiping, and our pastor is sharing God's Word, and, um, and we have an opportunity to share in the Word together here. What I think is awesome is that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is just as alive and just as active and at work in our little town as He is right here Amen. in your town. And we're so glad to be serving the same Lord. And we stood shoulder to shoulder together yesterday in the park, Amen. and now we stand shoulder to shoulder together here in this worship service. Um, a second ago, Pastor Charlie prayed and said, um, he referred to Baltimore as your city. That's what you said in your prayer to the Lord. It is the Lord's city Amen. and He's in control. Amen. And so the, the world seems wild and crazy and things are spinning out of control, but our God is sovereign. Amen. And the passage that Kiara, is that how you say your name? Yes. <laughs> Kiara, okay. She, she read for a moment ago for us. Um, that's where we're going to be. So if you have a copy of God's Word and want to open up, uh, we're going to read it one more time together, and then we'll look at it and walk through it as a gathered body of faith. So if you have a copy of God's Word, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 9 is where we'll be for uh, the next several minutes. I, I want you to know, um, uh, first of all, my name is Stephen. I don't think I introduced myself. And uh, I-, I just absolutely love the book of Colossians. It's um, so meaningful to me personally. And these particular verses are really important in the flow of the book of Colossians. And as you felt the weight of them as they were being read earlier, you see there's some big important truths here that the Lord wants us to see. And that's why they were pinned and put in this Bible for us. And I don't know how much you know about our friend Paul who wrote this. The Apostle Paul He was sitting in prison when he wrote this letter, and he's writing here about freedom in Christ. Now you might ask, what does a jailbird like the Apostle Paul know about freedom? But I'll tell you this, sitting in that jail cell, writing about freedom, Paul was much, much freer in that jail cell than many people who were standing out here, allowed to go anywhere they want. He was free because he had true freedom in Christ. And that's what we read about here. And he talks about Christ and Christ's work. And that's what I think we want to focus on today as we consider the weight of being in this room and worshiping in here. This is not the first time that worship has happened in this room, right? There's been many prayers. just not a worship service yet. There's been many songs sung in this room. There's been much rejoicing and giving and serving uh, but we get to have a worship service in here today, and that's, that's a big deal. That's a real big deal. Praise God for what He's doing here. Um, if you would indulge me, I want to say a word of prayer, and then we'll read the Scripture again together. Our Father, thank You so much. God, we're just so overwhelmed with Your goodness, grace, mercy, Your loving kindness. Lord, we're not in this room because of anything good we have done. We're only here because you have pulled us out of situations where, Lord, frankly, we didn't even feel like we needed to be pulled out too often. We didn't even know the bondage we were in. We were that blind. And God, you shone the light of the gospel in our hearts. And so, God, we turn to you today thankful lord there are some in this room who might not yet have experienced that gospel light and we pray for them the same thing that the apostle paul was encouraging we pray for freedom through jesus christ lord there are some in this room who are followers who are believers and yet old sins have a habit of cropping back up dragging us away from you Lord, we pray for freedom in that respect too, freedom to be able to stand before you and ask for your mercy once again and your grace to be displayed in our lives this morning. Lord, we love you, we need you, we pray all this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So look with me at these verses. And uh, let's hear them one more time because this is more important than anything any of us could say is to hear from the Word of God. Therefore, verse 6, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive "...by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily." And Paul goes on to continue this wonderful theme, but let's pause and look at these verses together. I I believe Paul's pointing at really two options. There's really only two options that we find in the Scripture. And honestly, you're in one or you're in the other. The first option is, as he says here, captivity. And we see right here in verse 8 specifically that worldly wisdom leads to captivity. And I want to start our time talking about that because that is a reality either in our past, in our present, and definitely all around us wherever we go. Worldly wisdom leads to captivity Look at verse 8 with me as you uh, maybe have it there open in front of you. The apostle Paul says, see to it that no one takes you captive. This word captive is a big word. It it basically means, uh, and if you're reading maybe the King James Version, it uses the word spoil as in like a spoil of war. You think about one group that comes in and takes advantage of another group. That could be uh, from a neighbor. It could be from a foreign power. It could be from anything. But come in and take whatever they want. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, watch out. He says, Be aware. Look out. Somebody is coming to take you captive. How are they coming? Well, he names a few things here. And I want us to think about this. It's got this idea, of taking captive, of somebody being kidnapped. They're completely and utterly powerless in the face of their captor. What is it like when you find yourself in that role? When you are the one that's been kidnapped. You're the one that's been taken captive. Well, you would feel helpless to change your situation. You'd feel powerless in the face of your captor. Distressed by your treatment. And afraid of the possibilities. What is going to happen while I'm under the power of this other person and I have no way out? I think that's something a lot of us can identify with and Paul here says see to it look out watch out that no one takes you captive one of the things here that we have to look out for is this idea of look right there he says to according to philosophy and empty deceit there's a lot of empty ideas out there a lot of ideas that might sound pretty this philosophical speech it might sound good but it's filled with empty lies and whenever there's no truth then nothing makes sense and we look around at our world today and we see an abandonment of truth right is that not a problem we see is that not a problem that's destroying our communities this abandonment of truth and we say this just doesn't make sense we hear about catastrophes on the news and we're like, how, how could somebody get to the point of where they're doing these things? It's because they're acting in a senseless way. They're, they have been deceived. Empty deceit has taken over their lives. This happened a few years ago on November 5th, 2017 at 1120 a.m. It's almost the same exact time now on a Sunday morning. There was a man named Devin Kelly. 26-year-old went into a church in Texas with an automatic weapon and just started spraying bullets everywhere. One of the most deadly of these types of shootings that's happened in the country. 26 people were killed and many others were injured. And the question that was asked over and over again is, why? Why? We think about shootings and things like that happen all the time. Why? What is going on? It doesn't make any sense That hits close to home. We see this type of devastation all over the place. It's because people have been taken captive by empty ideas, Mm -hmm. deceitful ideas, vain philosophies. According to the elemental traditions of the world, there's all these ideas that are disconnected from Christ, and they are wreaking havoc on people around us. There's too many stories like that. Truth, without truth, we have nothing. And of course, the epitome of truth is Jesus Christ Himself. Amen. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not only do we have to deal with this senselessness, but there's another problem here when we look at verse 8. I like to call it being stalled out. So there's too many people who hear the good news of Jesus Christ, but then it doesn't go anywhere in their life. They're just stalled out, mm-hmm. right? Right? How many of you had a chance to hear Brother Chris yesterday at the park sharing the gospel, right? Yeah, several of us got to hear him. Very clear message of the gospel, but it just seems stalled out in a lot of people. And sometimes people even make big statements. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer, I follow Jesus. And then you look at their life, Or let's get real. We look at our own lives, and we seem to be stalled out. What's happening? Well, a confusion of beliefs also leads to captivity, right? Listening to the wrong things can lead to captivity. But when we're confused about what we're supposed to be believing, what we're supposed to be doing for the Lord, we get stalled out and we're captive in that way. You guys ever run out of gas? Anybody? Has that ever happened to anybody in a car? Yeah, okay. It's happened to me. You know, I've I've run out of gas once. I uh, was trying to make it, trying to make it. I thought I could make it. It was Friday. I was going to get paid, you know. And I thought, I'll make it. Just got to get to work, work my shift, get my check, and I'll go to the gas station after the fact. Well, I should have got a ride. (laughs) Because there I was, not too far from work, a couple of miles. And, you know, yeah, yeah. I pulled over the side of the road. I was like, well, that's it. I started walking on the rest of the way. When you're stalled out, you don't have any gas. There's no fuel. There's no way to move forward. And that's so many people. They're stalled out. There's this confusion of beliefs. And so then they feel paralyzed. I can't do anything because I don't know what the right thing is. I don't know where to go. And so, ultimately, we just treat the gospel as if it's optional. We treat the Christian life as if, well, ah, there's some other ways. That sounds good, but there's some other things we could do. I like this example uh, you guys ever save some leftovers in Tupperware? You know what I'm talking about? Or, or some kind of container? Instead of going to the Word of God and feasting every day, we treat the truth of God like leftovers. And we put it in the fridge. And when we can't find anything else that's more appealing to us, then we'll just go and hit those leftovers. Right? That's, that happens. That's the way we treat food. But devastatingly, that's how we treat the truth of God's Word. And so here today, we're gathered We have heard the gospel. Pastor Charlie preaches the Bible. You've heard it. But too often, we hear what Pastor Charlie says on Sunday morning or what Pastor Johnny at our church says, and we take it, oh, that sounds good. We fold it up, put it nice and tight in that Tupperware container, put it in the fridge, and I'll, I'll get to that if I can't find something else more appealing to me this week. Friends, that's captivity. We're stalled out. And so Paul has some good words for us. We find ourselves in captivity. This is where it gets exciting. Look at verses six and seven. I want us to look at this because if worldly wisdom leads to captivity, then Christ, we can look at him. He's the one who brings freedom to your life. So, a few notes here that we're going to see. Look at verse six. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. As you received him, So walk in Him. So we need to ask ourselves a couple of questions. All right, if we want to walk in the Lord, how do we do that? Well, Paul says, the same way you received Him. Okay, well, how do we do that, right? So that's the way we need to hang on to Him, is how we received Him. Let's talk about that for just a moment. How do we receive Christ Jesus the Lord? Well, of course, we come to a point where we recognize there's nothing good in us. We're filled with sin that we can't pay for. We've offended a holy, righteous, eternal God. And there's only one way that we can find forgiveness. And that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He lived the life that we couldn't live. He died a death on our behalf. He was buried for our transgressions and our sins. He died and was buried. But then through the power of God, He was raised from the dead to life, conquering sin and death forever. And so, how do we receive Him? We come to that moment where we recognize my own sinfulness is what's come between me and God, and I'm separated. And we confess, and we repent, we turn away from our sins to the Lord Jesus, and then we hold on to Him so tight because we know nothing else can save us. Nothing else can pull us away from that punishment that we deserve. And we hang on to Him. And so as we received Christ Jesus the Lord, here's a, here's a picture for you. This word received here in your Bible, it's got this idea with it of taking, taking ownership, grabbing onto. Anywhere else in the New Testament that this particular word is used, it's about a teaching, something you would understand. But here and here only, Paul uses it about receiving Jesus Christ himself. We grab on to him. Imagine if you're walking out along the edge of a cliff. And everything's great, but you want to see that view, you want to see it, and you get a little closer, a little closer to the edge. Next thing you know, while you're glancing over the edge, the ground starts to give way and you you start sliding over. And you know if you land in the if you keep on going, it's gonna be a bad situation. And so you grab on to anything you can. There's a root there. You grab on to that root, and you're just hanging by your fingertips and you got your toes on a ledge. Nothing's gonna save you. Suddenly somebody runs up to the edge and they throw a rope over. And I said, grab onto the rope. Do you take that rope and you just kind of look at it lightly? No, you grab that thing, you wrap it around your arm, put your feet around it, you hang on to it. Pull me up, pull me up. How are you hanging onto that rope? For dear life? Because without that, everything's going to fall apart. Paul says, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. How do we receive Him? We received Him with a desperation that came from a recognition we cannot save ourselves. And so when we received Him, we grabbed on and we were hanging on for dear life. Now, if that's the way we came to Him, that's the way we stay with Him. That's what Paul is saying. If when you came to Him, when you received Him, as you received Him, the same way you received Him is the same way you are to walk in Him. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me on that? If you were desperate for Jesus when you came to Him, then we need to have that same or maybe a greater desperation to hang on no matter what is coming, no matter what is happening. And so then this word, walk in Him, takes on a new light. Oh, what does it mean? Oh, it becomes a reality. This is how I live, as if I'm hanging on for my very life, which we are. We are. Apart from Christ. We have nothing. So now we're talking there about how we're to walk. Well, what is it that we're hanging on to? Paul here says, Christ, Jesus, the Lord. Now, why does he say it like that? This is the only place in the whole New Testament where all three titles are run together like that in this way. We'll find two of them paired up a lot of times. Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus Lord Jesus. We'll find a parallel. Here, Paul wanted us to understand what we're hanging on to. He put all three titles of Christ, all three names right there. Christ, Jesus, the Lord. Well, why? He wanted you to know exactly what you have in Christ. Christ means Messiah, the Holy One, the suffering servant, the one who came to bring freedom. The one and only, Christ. Jesus means Emmanuel, God with us. The Son of God, the Savior, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the physical presence of God on earth. That's Jesus. Lord, Master, King, the one and only God. Somebody said once, if you can tell Jesus no, then He's not your Lord. If you could tell Him no, then He's not the Lord. Because Lord means the boss, the one in charge. And so here, Paul runs all three of these together. Christ, Jesus, the Lord. So we know, what is it that we have? We have this. Uh, The way that uh, this really began to make sense to me, I relate a lot of things to food because I like to eat. Anybody else in here like to eat? Yeah, yeah. No, I relate a lot of things to food. I I remember, and we don't have a Hardee's near us. Do you guys eat at Hardee's ever? We don't have one close to us. So only whenever I'm like traveling or whatever, I go to Hardee's. Well, not too long ago, they I don't know how long ago, I'm not able to get there that often, but they had this thing called the All-Star Deals, okay? If you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out (laughs) when you go there. You go into the menu and you look at it, and, you know, a regular combo might have a burger, fries, and a drink, right? Well, the all-star deal, you can get two burgers, a fry, a drink, and a warm chocolate chip cookie. Yes. Now, I remember I went with a group and we stopped at Hardee's. And a couple of guys from the group were in front of me. And they went up there and they were like, I'm going to get the All-Star. I was like, all-star meal. And I looked at it. What is that? And so I started reading. I was like, you get all that in that meal? So this guy ordered it. The next guy, when I got up there, they asked me, what, Well, of course I got to order the all star meal, you know? And we got to the table and we put this food, you start laying it all out around, you know? And I realized, This is a big deal. <laughs> that's, it's all there, everything you needed. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, Jesus Christ, the Lord, is a big deal. He's everything you need. It's all stacked up right there in front of you. Everything you need for every challenge, every problem, every hindrance in life. Christ Jesus the Lord. He put all these titles together so you can see you have this, you have this, you have this, all these things in our Savior. Christ Jesus the Lord. He's a big deal. A real big deal. And so, as we look at that, I want you to see Paul was worried he was worried that we wouldn't quite get the picture. Look what he does for us in verse 7. So he just told us in verse 6, As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Then he gives us some pictures because we need pictures, right? You guys ever read a book with pictures? Hey, you got to love the pictures. So um, right there in verse 7, there's a few pictures he runs together. And they don't make sense together, but they make sense in the spiritual life. So look what he says, rooted Rooted is the first one. It's exactly what it sounds like. What are we? We're rooted in Christ. It's it's going deep. Going deep. Bringing stability. Bringing nourishment. That's what we have in Christ. Interesting thing here. This is in the passive tense. That means it's being done to us. Do you have to work to root yourself in Christ? No. He's done the work. And is doing the work. This is an ongoing thing. It has past implications and it has future implications there are things that are happening christ is doing this work in you you are being rooted in christ a second is built up The things that are built up don't usually have roots that's why i said these are you know a root you'd think of a tree or whatever digging deep but here now we're talking about a building it's being built up It's about a spiritual reality. This is not a physical thing that he's pointing at, but he's using those pictures for us. So if we're rooted in him, and now he's saying being built up. Well, it's another passive. Guess who's doing the building? Is it you? No. It's something being done to you, for you, being built up. You know, the thing about our Savior Jesus, he does all the heavy lifting. Every time we turn around, he's doing the hard work. He did the work of salvation that we couldn't do. He lived the perfect life we couldn't live. He died that death that we couldn't die. He did all the heavy lifting in salvation. Why would it change in our Christian life? He did all the heavy lifting for us to be saved. Now, once we connect with Him, if we have received Jesus Christ, He does all this. He's the one that helps those roots go in. He's the one that does the building up. Man, all through the New Testament, We see this talk of being built up, adding more and more. You know what? Listen, this world is filled with people who are not growing in their faith. Filled with it. How long can we stay babies? How long can we continue to need the milk when it's time to start cutting teeth and getting into the the meat? Right? Now, how many of you have listened to Pastor Charlie preach before? Raise your hand if you've listened to Pastor Charlie preach. Great. Great. Okay, now listen. Do you realize what you have been learning from Him? There are people all around you who need that. It's not just about taking it in and soaking it in. You want them to listen, right? You want it to have an effect in their lives. But you don't want it to stop there, do you? You want it to go forth and go out. There's somebody that you're going to come in contact with this week that needs to know the truth that you've been handed. This church is a light right here on this corner just like we got these lights coming through that's what you're like in your community that light right there everybody's eyes are drawn to light especially the darker the place is the more your eyes are drawn to the light and that's what you are you're going to touch people all around you and so this is this talk of being built up you're a part of that but the work's being done for you all you have to do is just move right in line with christ There's another picture here. Another word picture. Look at it. He says rooted. He says built up in Him and established in the faith. Established. Made firm. So you can't be shaken. I don't know what's going to happen in your life this week. I don't know what's coming next month. I don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of things in this world that shake our faith. A lot of things. There's only one thing that's going to keep you established. That's hanging on in the same way you received Jesus Christ. Walk in Him. Hang on. He's building you up. We get this picture, it all is coming together, and we see now what Paul means when he tells us to walk in Christ. I'm not talking about you're trying to save yourself. Jesus did that, right? He did the heavy lifting. Now it's time to stand up with Him and follow Him wherever He would lead you. And so one more thing He does for us in verse 7. You've got to see it there at the end of verse 7. Just as you were taught, that's why I went to telling you about Pastor Charlie, right? He's teaching you. He's teaching the truth. He's teaching the Scripture. So just as you were taught, these are the things you've been taught. Now what happens? Abounding in thanksgiving. Now, if you fill a cup all the way to the top, and then you bump it slightly, what happens? It spills over, right? All that stuff comes out. Whatever's in it comes out. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. Whatever is in you, when you get bumped, it's going to spill out. He says abounding, overflowing in what? What's the word there? Thankfulness, thanksgiving. What do we have to be thankful for? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that big deal we were just talking about, right? We, we heard what Jesus has done for us and is doing for us. He didn't do one thing and then quit. No, He's doing all the things, all the time. Are we the kind of people when we get bumped, Thanksgiving pours out? Are we that kind of people? Out in the park, out on the street, driving down these crazy Baltimore roads, you get bumped, what's going to pour out? <laughs> is it Thanksgiving <laughs> right? oh what kind of what 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 is in us what's going to pour out? Oh my goodness what? you know I mean, we know what we want to be pouring out so let's let's go for the target right but but you know i I've seen it even this this week uh, as we've been here um, who was it uh, oh yeah, yesterday um you guys mom I, I actually didn't get her name uh was it blanca, blanca. yes yes uh, i was just talking to her as your mom and uh, i was like i never even introduced myself to her but she as eric and i discussed she just wanted to on those tickets for the prizes she wanted to round up so the kids could get more Aww. she she just said we just want to give this out we just want to you know what we're not here to just make sure they get the exact thing that they're supposed to get we just want to pour love onto these kids And I saw that over and over again from the group of volunteers. We just want to pour Christ's love out. Is that what's going to happen when we get bumped? And I'm not just talking about at the Fall Festival. I'm talking about in regular, everyday life, especially when pressure is getting to us. It's easy to give away somebody else's stuff, but it's tough to give away our own stuff, right? It's easy to give away somebody else's blessings, but it's tough to be self-sacrificing. What comes out when we get bumped? Where does all this head? Well, here at the end. And, and really, I want you to know this. Verse 9 is not the end. It's just going to be the end of our time. But verse 9 is pointing at something. It's pointing at a big truth that runs all through the book of Colossians. Look at what it says. For in Him, talking about Jesus, the big deal. For in Him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And Paul goes on to talk about what that looks like and what that means. And then in chapter 3, he gets real specific about how our lives are supposed to be changed to reflect Christ. In chapter 1, he already talked about what, who Christ is. So this phrase right here, the fullness of deity dwells bodily, is a big idea that rolls all throughout the scripture. So if Jesus Christ really, truly is God, in all deity. And He's the one that's made a difference in your life. What does that look like? How does that change the way you live today, tomorrow, the rest of your life? Well, first, if that's not a reality in your life, it can be. He can be the one that makes a difference. He can be the one that saves you. He has done all the heavy lifting already, and He just calls out to you and says, I'm here. Turn from your sins and turn to me. Call out to me. We have to believe that He did that work for us, and we have to turn to Him. That's all it takes. He's done all the hard, heavy lifting, and we hand Him our filthy rags, and He hands us a robe of righteousness. What a good deal for us. So if that's not a reality in your life, then I encourage you, call out to the Lord today. Mm -hmm. Don't wait. Don't wait. We don't know what tomorrow brings or doesn't bring. But let's let's say that is a reality in your life. You already follow Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. I'll tell you a couple things we see here is that we would be devoted to Him despite what cultural pressures we come in contact with. Right? Because remember back to verse 8, he talks about, these empty deceit and philosophies and things around us, the other things going on around us, if we're devoted to Christ, then despite what our culture says, we'll have a biblical culture, not a not an American or Baltimorean or Elkin culture, right? We're going to have a biblical culture. And that's what we're going for, right? There's a higher standard. We're not talking about political party. We're not talking about who you vote for. None of that stuff even matters. You're going to take... The world, and you're going to view it through a biblical lens, and you'd be devoted to that, in spite of cultural pressure. Second, I think one of the things it looks like is that we would be committing committed to following God's way of doing things instead of just what seems right. All right, we would be serious about digging into God's way of doing things. How do I interact with this person? How do I go about? This relationship. How do I go about this opportunity? Do I do it God's way? Do I do it a biblical way? Or do I do what seems right in the moment? Paul here is encouraging. He's encouraging us to walk with Christ Jesus. Here's another one. This one's tough. Leave behind the things that cause pain to Christ. What is it in our lives that needs to be cut off and left? There's a story of a man um, who took some desperate action. This was back in 1993, a guy named William Jiracky. He's just 38 years old. He's a, he was an outdoorsman, and he went out in Colorado. He was maybe about, uh, I don't know, not too far outside of uh, Denver, Colorado, and he was a fisherman, and he went to this really remote place to fish, and he parked his truck, and he had a hike out there. Well, he was going and was kind of scrambling across this um, rock, this boulder field on the side of a mountain and dislodged some rocks, unfortunately, and an avalanche started. William went down with the avalanche, and at the bottom, when the dust settled, his left leg was pinned. And he did what I don't know that I would have the. Uh, strength to do you've heard these stories right his leg is pinned nobody's coming to save him and so he amputated a portion of his leg to get out of there then he had to get back to his truck drive to go to where somebody could get him and help him well he does all that he ends up at the hospital they're able to save his life stop the bleeding and this is the part that really got me when I heard that story This is one of the doctors that was there at the hospital that worked on him, a doctor named David Sione. Dr. Sione, he said this. He said, this guy William. William got to the point where he was more concerned about his life than his limb. He could stay there and save his leg, but he was going to lose his life. Now, at what point are we more concerned about Christ than our own ways? What needs to be cut off and left behind? You know, Jesus used this same type of imagery in Matthew chapter 5. He said, hey, if your right eye causes you to sin, cut it out. It's better to go into the presence of God missing an eye than to go completely whole to hell. He said, if your right arm is causing you trouble, cut it off. Same thing. It's better to go to the presence of Christ. What needs to be cut out of our lives? Jesus is serious about that. He's serious about things that need to be left. And we've got to move forward. Once again, it's not under our own strength. Anything that needs to be cut out from our life, Jesus Christ is still the answer. He does the heavy lifting. He does all that for us. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy all the time but it does mean He'll see you through. Mm -hmm. This is a passage of hope, and it's a passage of encouragement, because we see here that Jesus is a big deal, and He's doing all the work. But there's still a command there to walk in Him, the same way you received Him. I'd like to do this. I'd like to close with a word of prayer, and um, the rest of the service, I know we've got a couple more things to do, but Pastor Charlie was saying earlier that, uh, of course, He's your pastor. As you have questions, if the Lord is speaking to your heart, I want you to be able to to call out to the Lord today. You don't need a pastor for that, but Pastor Charlie would love to talk to you about what the Lord's doing in your heart and life. You and the Lord have a conversation today. What do you need to leave? Do you need to turn to Him? Do you need to call out to Him? Maybe for the first time. Maybe again. Pastor Charlie would love to talk to you about that, wouldn't you? And, and of course I would too, but He's the man who's going to be here. So He wants to, he wants to care for you. Let me say a word of prayer for us and, um, and then we'll, we'll keep moving our service here. Our Father, we, we come before You. We want to say thank You. Lord, we forget sometimes. We forget what it's like to be hopeless. Lord, never let us get too far removed from being amazed that you saved us. Just the same way you saved us is how you want us to follow you today. Lord, when we were saved for everybody in here who's a believer, we turned to you out of desperation because we couldn't do it ourselves. Help us to remember that. That's the same way we're to follow you today and tomorrow and every day. Lord, for any in this room who have not yet turned their hearts over to you in a first and most powerful way lord that moment of what we call salvation being saved pulled from death to life i pray lord that you would work spirit speak to hearts in this room and turn them towards you lord we know we need you we call out to you because you're the one who is rooting building up and establishing us you're the one that's given us something to be thankful for we need you lord we love you we pray all this In the powerful name of Christ, Jesus the Lord. Amen. Amen.